0: hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the check your six podcast we are joined by our guest tonight you'll notice the very little kitten on the left this is chayton the captain of your premier league dr6 champions akron zips welcome
1: hi how are you guys I'm good. I'm well good. enough.
0: Uh, it's good to have a guest on here. We'll get a little more insight onto how the Premier League actually shook out, and I mean, it. We have to go over your impressive resume from this last season, in that it just <laughs> shows the dominance that you all had as a team. Now you're the captain and the coach for your team, that's, but that's you crack. also participated in not just CR6 but CRSL and the CEA League.
1: So And you won all three of those, yeah? Correct. We won uh, all of them. And then for CEA, we won their Open League because we had to go through it to get into their Invite League. So we won that to get into Invite League, and that's what we're about to participate in this upcoming season.
0: And they announced who was in that league recently, so you probably know a handful of those
1: teams already and kind of already know what to expect, yeah? That is very correct, yeah. They actually announced all the... Like the groups, they they split all of the invite league up into like four groups, so we know who is in our group and we're ready to. I guess I think we match them for two times during the season, so pretty ready for that. For
2: the uh, the listeners out there who don't know, could you explain to us what the invite league is?
1: Yeah, so open league is anyone can join. Um, anyone that has a team, a college team, they can join that that part of the league and play through it, and then the top teams. I mean the top, yeah, the top teams will go. That win open will go into invite league. So it's like CL and it's like Challenger League and Pro League in that sense, where you have like a certain amount of teams in Pro League and a certain amount of teams in Cham- uh, Challenger League, and then there's relegations. So the bottom teams of Pro League will then versus the guys that are in the Challenger League. Uh, pro League, I mean, yeah, our Pro League being the Invite League and our Challenger League being the Open League. And you would, they would fight over it, their spot. The people in Pro League will try to fall and Invite League will fight over their spot for the Open League. And if the Open League guys beat them, they get relegated and stuff gets shifted around. So basically you, you have a competing teams for their spots at all times.
2: Okay, okay.
1: It's kind of like how
0: CR6 sorted everyone out in that Phase 1 and created the premiere, the Open, and the Main Leagues. It's just they did it all up front in four weeks as opposed to uh, CEA's Invite League taking the entire season, yeah? That is very correct, yeah.
1: And they, the, uh, CRSL does the exact same thing, too. They have an Invite League and Open League as well. So for this, let's focus
0: a little bit on CR6. Now, you guys dominant from the beginning to the end like you, i don't think you left the number one seed after phase one in phase two you just stayed at the top so what was that like just kind of writing what eight weeks of competition 12 weeks in total to get through phase one two and three and just keep that momentum going just focusing cr on cr6 specifically
1: yeah 100 um we at the very beginning. Uh, we've versed some challenges. I think at the during the Open League, the very first week, we were placed actually on our team three days before our first match uh, because how ha- what happened was we were originally a club team, and then out of nowhere, our university's was like, hey, we're going to see you guys as a varsity team now. So they picked us up. We had to go through official tryouts, and then once all that was done, we ended up playing our first match. I think we dropped one... Throughout the whole season we dropped probably a total of 3 maps. We lost a total of 3 maps. Um once we got through the open league and we got into the premier league. Um uh, we just saw a consistency that we could play that teams other teams couldn't play. Um we were able to as a team we play a lot together. I would say we play a lot together. more than other teams. So that helps us with our coordination and like our um communication and everything we know how i know how my support players are going to play and how my how my entry frag is going to play so i can back them up while also backing up my entry frag at the same time
0: that's good to have that level of consistency and it's like a lot of these teams they they have those hot hot flashes or where like their strategies work against one team but then they just get demolished by another team because that other team has a slightly different approach to go so dominant how well-rounded do you think your team is like from map to map and just consistency
1: we definitely do um have a well like we understand the maps a lot all of us play by ourselves solo queued, duo queued, we all play a lot, so we understand the maps in total, and then playing together, that knowledge is, allows us to just be more fluent with each other, and playing a lot allows us to be more fluent. So I feel like we have a well, well-rounded map pool. Um, there are some maps that we just, like every team, that don't perform, we just don't perform on that well, and we try to um, always look at our weaknesses and try to fix them. And so throughout the whole season, we were looking at maps like Border and Consulate, which we were never really that great on at the very beginning. And we ended up scrimming and just running those maps, dry running them, and trying to fix our problems, which over the time, the whole season, we ended up seeing a strong um, change allowing us to be a better team and allow us to work better as a team. Um, I think our very last match, which was in the finals, we we played Border. And we did get we did get pretty much uh, smoked on that map. I have to say we we did not put up that great of a fight, but um, that is probably one of our weakest maps, and we know that for a fact. So going into this, we wanted to see how we would fend in the um, in our off maps because we have never played it, so we've never been seen in a VOD play that map. So we wanted to see how that would work out against our opponents. It didn't work out in our favor, but. Um, after the season was done, we've we, that's all we've been working on. It's just our maps and map pool and making it so that we don't have a map that we're scared to play, that we have all maps available to us at all times.
2: Now, borders, I guess I guess you could say Border is one of the uh, the more consistently played competitive maps. Um, is your guys' Border weak because you guys just don't like it or you guys just didn't practice it very much or both?
1: um i would say it's a little bit of both we really don't like border i think it's not because of the map itself it's because of how old the map is and how the map has developed over time with the amount because of how the map came out back when uh valkyrie and blackbird came out am i correct on that yeah i think so okay they um That one was, so it's been a long time since they've come out. So a ton of new ops have come out, which have changed the meta up on the map. But how the map is played is very similar to back then. The only thing you just don't see now is Mira being played all the time on like the walls because everyone knows how to get rid of those. But it's like the the map is very stale. It's very stagnant. There's not a lot of change over the years has happened to it. So it's very boring to play. So that's why I think a lot of people don't like in general. I, that's why I've noticed most teams don't like it, and I would say we don't like it for that reason. And also, we just don't we don't practice it a lot because a lot of times it was our insta-ban when we came to map-ban band phase. We would always ban that um, over consulate. And at the very end of the season, the last match, we were like, you know what, we're going to give it a try. Because we did scrim on it a couple times and we felt comfortable with it. We banned consulate instead. And ended up not go on our way but we uh i would say it is a little bit of both
2: no i i i I can always tell how a team plays based off of a map that they choose over another and i i'm guessing that you guys are do you guys play a lot more aggressive more than strategic
1: um i would say no i I would say we do we again i'm going to go with a little bit of both but it's because i see it from our point of view i guess if you look at it from a viewer's point of view it might look a little bit different like we play really aggressive compared to other teams and we play um not as strategic but on the when we're in discord together when we're playing our maps i would have to say we are playing a little bit of both we know when to challenge certain things we know when to push and we know when to work as a team to get something done and if we need to accomplish it but we at the same time know that if we're going to take ones that we're going to win our wands majority of the time yeah we are a team that have that aim and that skill that raw skill to win our wands and we know it so we will challenge if we can if we think that we can win it and that's why i think a lot of teams see us as that aggressive hyper aggressive team but they're only seeing the hyper aggression after or before our actual strats are being thrown through Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, I've I've just noticed that a lot of the teams that choose a map like Consulate over Border is because Consulate really um rewards hyper aggressive gameplay while Border really rewards people with a more um like a less aggressive more um like strategic mindset if that makes sense.
1: I I do. I, I agree with that a lot. Um Border is a way different field than console. Consulate's all about those angles. It's about long angles, about holding angles. Like that's why if you watch a, a PL match, um, I'm say PL. I don't know if, it, if I'm guessing everyone knows what PL stands for, just pro league, but I'm just shortening it. Um, PL stand uh they just have everyone on repel. Like when that's top floor, you everyone's on repel for a long time. They're getting into uh, admin. If this is a CEO take, they're getting the an admin, and then they're gonna hold these long angles on they they want you to peak this because they have the ACOGs and you have the hollows you're going to have the 1x scopes so you're not going to be able to win those duels majority of the time so they want you to take those um but on border it's different in the sense while there are still really long angles um border is played a lot from below on many sites when you have armory you're played you're playing from below to try to deny plants um and when you're playing the opposite when you're playing on the first floor you're playing from above you're playing from holes you're playing from stuff like that so there's not a lot of long angles you're playing through floors or you're playing in small rooms so yeah i agree with that 100 The maps do depend on like the team strength but i would say if you looked at our map pick we picked very different gameplays um throughout the whole season we played a lot of cafe we like cafe and we also played a lot of club, and bank. Those are all played completely differently. I think it's, uh, we are a team that knows how to adapt to our map, our map pool. We know what map requires, how much aggression, while other maps will require a little bit of aggression. So it's like, it's a given pool sort of thing, give and take sort of guess, scenario.
2: And, and now see, that's, that's essentially like the right answer when asking a team like how to play, because a lot of teams don't know how to adapt. A lot of teams rely heavily on either their gun skill or rely heavily on, you know, their their strats. Um and I think that's why that that's why you guys won all these leagues is because, you know, your teams know how to adapt. You guys know how to be aggressive when when needed. You guys know how to implement strat, you know, strategies when they need to be depending on the team that you're playing. So uh, I think that's really impressive. And I'm like
0: going to guess that whenever there was a patch and there was balance changes to one operator or a map or another, that it didn't really phase you all for long. You like you went in, you understood what those changes were, and it didn't really change your gameplay or your plan, but obviously there's going to be some changes just depending on the, the relative strength of the nerf or the buff or whatever was going on, or like in the, what was it, the last couple of weeks, uh, having new operators being available, um, at least in Pro League. I don't, I don't think there were any... I don't think... Goyo and Amaru. Amaru, yeah, Amaru. I can never remember their names. <laughs> it's a weird one. I don't one. like Amaru. <laughs> no one does. It's a bad off. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't come into any play during the CR six league. Um, but all the balance patches and everything aside, like I'm, I'm assuming that you all adapted to those changes quickly and you weren't really hung up or like none of your strategies really hung on any of those changes you
1: know no uh i would say our map pool or not map pool, our operator pool for each player is basically we're able to play whatever um if they were to nerf so say they were the nerf ash or jaeger um my boy matt over here isn't gonna hurt from me. he knows how to play other ops he can definitely gun with any op he picks up he If he picked up that maestro, I'm a hundred percent he could just roam with that my ma- gun with him. So like we are, I don't think I don't think that the operator pools is really what's gonna kill us. and we do are we're able to adapt to it if a nerf does come to a gun and it's to the point, like almost like the twitch nerf when they brought the nerf to the f two and they lowered the bullet count to her. um, we still played her. I mean, because at the end of the day, if you hit your shots with her, the bullet count doesn't matter. It only takes five bullets to kill someone. So that's ironic to say that because
2: they are getting ready to nerf Jaeger and Maestro. So
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. that's why I said that because I knew that was coming. I I know it's, yeah. it's gonna be a big
2: um, one. I wouldn't say that the Maestro is getting a nerf, but. Uh... Gager's gun is getting a pretty solid nerf uh, with that damage decrease, especially with his rate of fire. So it's probably going to put it on par with like Valk's gun, I think.
1: The reasoning that they were. i th- Now, this isn't confirmed, but I think the big reason why they want to do that is because they want Wamai to shine a little bit more.
2: It is confirmed. That was in their patch notes. It okay. Was like, you know how they say you know they, they nerf something and then they're like, oh, we feel blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. That was their like their description for that. They were like, you know, we feel that you know Jaeger's gun is incredibly is the best gun on defense. Um, so we are gonna nerf the damage to allow you know people to switch over to my a little bit easier, um, and make him a little bit more viable. So
1: now, when it comes to competitive play. I really do think that Goyo is going to change the meta a lot um, for certain maps because of his denial. So I really do think that once, once Goyo is allowed to be played in our comp matches, um, it's really going to shift up how Border is played. Because now, instead of having to worry about just smoke canisters, now you have to worry about shields that have bombs attached to them so, and that can deny a space just like a smoke canister.
2: Um, you know, with Goyo, you know it's it's obviously a double edged sword. You know, it can work for you or mm-hmm. work against you. Now, do you do you always usually have a fear when playing Goyo that those shields are gonna
1: you know kill your team? Um, um, I think yeah. There's always a there's always a risk to where you're gonna place those Goyo shields. Like I think it's definitely strategic where you should place them. But at the same time, if you're playing Goyo, you should be working with your Jaeger or your Wamai to help you with that. Because if they're able to grab those, those nades or grab those impacts to get rid of those, the to to stuff that would counter that shield play, I feel like that can really slow down the progress of like harming your team. But at the same time, I feel um, that Goyo, definitely, his shields are very much strategically you have to play some properly. If you don't, you can get your team killed. You If a if a maestro is on his cam, and you and he's sitting right by a, a, a shield, a goyo shield, and that thing blows up and kills him. I feel like that is some, that's one of your faults because you know he's going to be sitting at half wall and border, and you put a shield there, and that gets blown up from below, and he dies from it. It's stuff like that. It's definitely, it, goyo does take some skill to play, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I was talking with you know we, me and Joe talked about this on the podcast last week, and I was talking about goyo and. The things that you have to keep in mind when playing Goyo is, you know, not only do you have to think about where you place those shields, but you also have to think about your your individual placement to those mm. shields. Because especially if you're an anchor and you're on cams, you don't want to be sitting like next to or, or near one of those shields when they blow up or if they blow up. So,
1: correct. Yeah, I think uh, Goyo will also change console uh, consulate up a lot too. We've been scrumming with them, and I've been finding some interesting stuff that you could do with them on those maps, so I think it's really going to shift up, like I said, the meta. I re- I'm really excited for it.
0: Now, one thing I have to say, that this is the first time that adaptability has really been a team's strong suit, more so than like what Syntax was saying with gunplay or strategies. like. It's rare to find a team that can adapt so quickly to meta changes, operator changes, map changes, and even then your opponent's strategies as well, which is where we see some of the most dominant teams in the Pro League as well, is that their abilities to not just have deep strategies or good gunplay, it's that they can counteract any weirdness that the other team's bringing in, whether it's target bans in the beginning, or if it's just bringing a new operator like Warden into... Uh, one, op- one round or another and just being able to counter that in the middle of a match and just kind of brush it aside so that the uh, opponents stop doing that how do you feel like you helped coach that into your staff, into your team just being able to be like this is how we're going to play this game and or this is how we naturally kind of align so let's focus on that how did, how did you discover that and how did you
1: kind of nurture that ability that came from your team So my team is actually very well-rounded when it comes to skill and how they play. And my role as a coach, while a coach normally would tell someone how to play, I actually have CJ for days on my team, who originally actually was a two-time CL player. So the man has actually a lot of background when it comes to competitive siege. Over me learning how to be a proper coach, he's actually helped me out a lot. And he in middle, in the middle of our games will help me. Gu- he'll guide me in the sense of like, all right, man, uh, I think we should do this. And then I will, I'm i able to work off of it at that point. I'm able to be like, all right, hey, I see what we're, what we're trying to go for. Maybe we should try pulling it back and doing this instead or doing the, that direction where you're going. And then just at the, just making a little bit of a tweak to it. And then a lot of times that will end to success or maybe the original plan, was what worked out and it worked for us. So I I feel like there was a really good example that we had where we were playing on Clubhouse and we were playing CC first. I mean, we were on attack first. Uh, They ended up banning Thatcher on attack and we ended up banning Maverick. Because I was like, oh, well, when we try ban tricking this wall, I don't want a Maverick shooting me through little holes. So we ended up screwing ourselves over basically because now we have to rely on a thermite, we have to rely on a Habana, and then we have to get the stuff from below or stop him from band tricking, because now there's nothing to stop him from band tricking except for a Capital Bolt. And that's that's easy to counter in a way. So we ended up um I think throwing three rounds at him. And how this is a really interesting I learned this after this one map. Um we would play them on all of our all all, all their sites and see how they play and then we would just adjust how we would play each time and we ended up winning um, I, actually we won the last site so we ended up winning on that half 4-2 with us being and basically in a disadvantage on attack and taking the map 7-2 because of this our flexibility was just a lot there and with my team having that experience I didn't feel I never feel like I have to coach them to do something I can give them a guidance and then they will just be like they're down for it right off the bat and they know what to do for each one of their roles.
0: Got to be nice to have a team that clicks like that and just mm-hmm. understands what they got to do. That's a huge sign of a lot of trust and respect amongst your teammates. So, I mean, that's a huge boon. Are you going to be able to hold on to that team going into the spring seasons for all these leagues or is anyone graduating this this
1: season? Yeah, so um Uh, yeah i'm able to hold on to everyone thank god i was like i was really glad once i heard that none of them was graduating after that fall because once i knew once i found out when they're all graduating i was pretty happy because i got to at least be with this team for one more uh season and um we i've been playing with cj and matt for a year now going yeah going on a year now we've i started playing with cj back in uh then I mean the beginning of last year consistently being last year uh, me and CJ have been around since the beginning of CR6 since season 1 and CJ was originally on our Akron's C- uh, CSGO team so in, once that once he left that to go to Siege, we got varsity he put all his time and effort into that and i found out that these guys i have are actually really good at what they do and i feel like i i hit the the jackpot basically with these guys so it was really nice to know that i had some really skilled players on my hands, and then be able to play with them one more season. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy about that.
2: Now, do you guys plan on doing anything um, beyond Collegiate League with your team? Uh,
1: well, currently, we're about to start playing in the CL quals. Um, right now. I th- we're using that mainly for practice and playing stronger opponents. Because um, as of right now, when we scrim, we really don't scrim a lot of collegiate teams anymore. Um, and this isn't really a dig at a lot of collegiate teams, but we just don't find the competitiveness there anymore for us. Like I, like' it's, it's gonna sound cocky, but it's not at the same time. Like we just there's a handful of teams in Collegiate League that we find that are beneficial to scrim against, and then the we would somehow learn we would learn a little bit from it. But other teams we scrim, we just don't find any benefit from it. So we want to play some harder competition, some competition that will actually allow us to learn something, and allow us to learn how to work together better compared to playing a lower team, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, and I'm, I don't, I really don't think you should be shameful when you say that because in one of our earlier podcasts, I was talking to Joe about how CR six is is really good is, is good for introducing people to the competitive world in rainbow six and you know as a team you grow and you grow and you grow but after a while you're going to hit a threshold of sk- uh, skill level you know and if the teams within the collegiate league aren't within the that's those skill boundaries you know that's not worth um you know improving your your guys's skill as a team then there should be no shame in reaching out to a team that's better or just as good as you um, from an outside league to help scrim with you guys. I don't think there's any shame in that. Uh, I don't think that's cocky to say. Um, you know, every team is going to grow. You know, you guys just grew faster than everyone else. So I totally understand. Uh, I used to be part of the the Tamu squad, and uh, that's what we did. You know, um, we found that not, you know, we 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 couldn't find the competitiveness in collegiate anymore so you know when we started doing cl quals and usn quals we started coming into these really good teams that wanted to become our scrim partners and that's who we started scrimming with so
1: yeah that's correct yeah we want to find those actual we don't find those big teams that um actually challenge us and allow us to lose in a scrim because like the, I, I just find scrims not to be useful if you're if you're like Demolishing a scrim, if you're stomping a scrim, there's really no benefit for you at that point. Yeah. It's it's better for, for you to team. have, yeah, for either team, yeah. They're 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 not really. While they might be learning their defense and learning where their flaw is, if they're just being smacked every time, it's just not really beneficial for either one because that's not how that's not their play style. That's not how they're that's not what they're used to playing. So they're not going to actually adapt to it. Probably. So if we reverse a team that actually allows us to lose a map or allows or pushes us to actually challenge us to change how we play a certain map or a certain uh, site, then that's what I'm looking for.
2: Exactly.
0: Well, I want to be sensitive to your time, Chaitan, because I know it's late your time. So why don't we let you have the floor and do any shout outs that you would like to say, or any final words that you would like to say about your, Triple crown achievement and what it looks like going into the spring season?
1: Uh, yeah, I would uh, like to thank, of course, Akron for giving us the opportunity of becoming a varsity sport and seeing our potential. It really helped us flourish into who we are today. Um, I would also like to thank my team for just being there, basically, always being willing to improve and strive for, to be the best. And uh, yeah, you can go and follow me on Twitter at Chayton Hamrick. I think it's in the title for most of the streams. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for having me on.
2: Yeah, no problem, man. We enjoyed Absolutely.
1: having you on. Thanks for joining us.
0: And again, congratulations on your CR6 win, your CEA win, your CRSL win. That's way more than I thought I was getting when I invited you onto the podcast, <laughs> but it's clearly you all have done your work and are going to be a Team to watch in the spring. So, good luck getting ready for it. And I hope all the success to your team going forward. Thanks again for joining us. All right. Thanks. All right. right. Now that it's just the two of us, we can get on with some more CR6 action as we finally got the last matches done for the opened. the Open League playoffs. Oh, okay. Which is great because we're like two we two full weeks into 2020 and we are finally <laughs> ending our fall season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what we saw last was that Northern Arizona University number 1 was going to play Iowa State University in the semifinals number 4 and that was the last match to decide who was going to play university of kentucky turns out number one northern arizona university beat iowa state two maps to nothing but then when we get to the grand finals number six university of kentucky takes it two to one against northern arizona so we had an upset in the grand finals coming from a team who's been straddling that upper echelon for a while they had like one major slip up during phase two and that's what put them at basically seed number six at the end but for all of that if we look at even the premier league we saw similarities between teams one and 13 really where there was Mm -hmm. like really no difference between like teams one through four and then it was still close with teams five through 13 after that we started seeing some fall off between when you started comparing them to other teams um further down the list but hey now we have our open division champions university of kentucky which i'm going to reach out to them and see if we can get some comments and a guest from their Uh, team on the next week or so but i also want to reach out to northern arizona university as well as simon frazier the runners up from the premier league championship so we're done with the fall season don't have any new information about the spring as of yet i believe they're piling everything together since they just finished up the fall league Um, they're working on improvements making some additional changes and starting to close in on what that spring season is going to look like so we'll just have to wait until then until they're ready I to talk about they, it For us we can talk about it
2: yeah i hope that they don't get backed up because not only do they have to finish everything from the fall season i think they're also dealing with signups for the new season so um i i don't i think signups are going for a while so if you're a college team that wants to get into this go forth and sign your team up for uh either CR6 or CEA. I don't know if they're websites for them, but um, I know they have, they have discords. Um, I do not know how you would get an invite, though. So, I...
0: Yeah, and it's also important to note that CRSL as well as CEA are working on their signups for their spring season as well, so if you want to catch all of the Collegiate Rainbow Six action, you'll have to follow all three of those leagues and see how those all pan out. I don't have dates off the top, but starting next week, I'm going to have more details on all three of those leagues, and I'm trying to organize a conversation with one of the main organizers of the CEA League, so we'll be able to get some more insight there as well soon. So the so collegiate you're, scene... You're going to talk to an, uh, an organizer with the CEA League? Yeah so okay. that's uh, I forget his name I don't have his You're actual name on or but... are you just going to have a conversation yeah. no I'm going to bring him on a I podcast on? Okay, episode cool. of uh, the summoning hour so one of the other podcasts I'm going to get a full hour of him to get his background and his insights and everything and we'll certainly talk a little bit about that about the okay. league and what it means for CR or about for R6 but it would be easy to have him on as a guest as well for the For our podcast, the Check Your Six podcast, so that we can get some more, or they can get some more broadcasting strength, and we can get some more understanding about the league and where they're going with it, what their goals are. So we're going to get to know more leagues and more individuals who are helping to shape legit Rainbow Six as a whole, not just one league at a time.
2: Yeah. So lots of gears moving All right, so of... um no it's no it's okay i was kind of done talking but um do you have any with the the new information about the open league do you have anything to say about that
0: uh not really i mean it, it makes sense that they i did see it's like 128 teams i want to say is the max that the RSL is going to have for their open invite league as, okay. And then I think it's 32 teams, or it's 32 or 24 teams that make up the Invite League. So it's okay. the best of the best playing each other, and they'll go through, like, uh, like Chaitin was saying, they'll go through um, relegation for any of the bottom teams, and then they'll invite some new teams from the Open League. So we we get a little bit of that back and forth. And I, I'm going to enjoy the longer season between the divisions, as opposed to taking only four weeks to determine who the top teams are, and then four more weeks to sort it out a little bit more, and then shuffling everyone together that we had in phase three. It was kind of weird, but it also kind of worked out consistently, so I I applaud that organization of that tournament for CR6, but I'm also looking forward to seeing the best teams play longer.
2: Okay, okay. Well, with that being said, Pro League, did yes, you happen pro really league. to catch any before i start talking about pro league did you watch any of the pro league
0: i did i caught a couple of the games i caught dark zero and then i caught what was the other game? It, was, it ended up in a tie and i can't remember who i watched this morning on the bus
2: that was, was uh that was eu i think yes you like, know it elevate
0: uh no it was tsm and luminosity
2: oh yes okay that was that match yeah, was yesterday insane. yeah which honestly like tsm in lg tying um was honestly a massive surprise to me i thought i thought tsm was going to put them in the floor and they didn't um luminosity
0: looks so impressive
2: i'm gonna i'm gonna say right now every team in na looks impressive right now um i i think na looks really strong this season and i i cannot wait for like uh, another major or even si because i think na is actually going to be a a strong arm in the in the in the competitive scene now. So I'm really excited to for the future of, of NA Pro League.
0: I agree. I mean between how just straight up fearsome Luminosity was in their match against TSM, they owned it all like they owned that defense just like TSM did. But the way that Luminosity handled it, it was so much more commanding and that team, like, if they can figure out the attack on that map, and then if they can figure out how to apply that to that level of strategy and preparation for all their other matches, they can execute like that, Our four, the 3, 4, 5, and 6 teams in a pro league are going to be scary to deal with.
2: Yeah, and one more thing about this match, so, um, I don't know what happened to to slashug but like ever since he has been absolutely dominant he has been the alpha male in almost every match he's played um i CGG really needs to record how many aces he's had in because he's had a lot um that's i, I mean i mean that goes back his team that was holding him back maybe the new team is actually like putting him to his full potential. Honestly, like, he is performing his ass off.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I've been watching him for, like, the past two seasons, really, and it's just, like, he always had those spots of brilliance, but, like, it just never seemed to be in the right time at the right place or consistency, but the way he's going about it right now, it's setting him and his team up really just tee off once they work through any of their lingering issues or executions or strategies. Like if they can figure out if they can really address their problems and let Slash do his thing, he's there's just not gonna be anything in their way. I'm I, I don't think that they're like Bosco might be the only person who I hold in like a higher regard in terms of gunplay, but like that's all I've got. But Slash is consistently week over week been even above bosco except for when bosco just airs off on the team
2: (laughs) yeah um another one that kind of uh put me on edge it was kind of a an an emotional roller coaster was the uh the dz versus eu match um i was i was kind of worried for a second i was like there's no way that this team of this, you know, DZ, a team of absolute gunners, is going to lose to this brand new pro league team. I was I was like, no way. But uh E or D Z finally bucked up in the end and, and and took the victory. So just barely though, because it was a five-five. Yeah. Five.
0: It was looking like yeah. it was going to tie, like and every match of DZ's this season, the three games that they've had, has gone the full distance, full 12 rounds. And Mm -hmm. everything like they've either tied or they've won two, but it's been seven, five, seven, five wins. And then six, six, the six, six tie. Like they do not look dominant against anybody. And that's kind of scary because United is like you said, they're a new team. And I don't, I can't even remember how well they're doing, but with the loss here, they're probably bottom two. I haven't looked at the updated standings, but if, if, if DZ is having that much trouble against a team that is brand new that doesn't have the same level of chemistry and execution as DZ had going into the uh, Japan going into Japan in December like that's crazy and I know we said NA is really impressive right now but it's also kind of scary to think that all of the teams are this close to each other because it either means that all of NA is really, really good and we're seeing those spots of brilliance and we're thinking, hey, NA is really good, or we're not at collectively as a whole, the the NA scene is not as good as some of the other regions, just because when you look at EU, there is a dominant team. When you look at ANZ, there is a dominant team and when you play that one, that first place team against eighth place, you know who's going to win. I don't think yeah. you have that level of clarity in NA. And it's hard to say whether it's because the skill is so close and we're all that good or the skills are that close and we're all that bad.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, Let's see. Um, what was the other match? Space Station Tempo. No big surprise there, in my opinion. I agree. Um yeah, space station taking tempo to coastline. Um Space Station was just dominant on that map. Ab- absolutely dominant. I don't know what happened. I mean, it's no surprise that that, that that space station won, but at the same time, I'm actually really surprised at how um badly tempo performed. Um, like looking at the stats, like they're all all below 1.0 i don't know if space station just had some insane plays um this is the one match that I, that actually didn't didn't catch i saw some highlight reels but that was about it um but tempo i guess they just didn't have their shit together for this map i mean i just yeah, I think they I mean, it, have some. They have some serious work to do on coastline.
0: Absolutely, but I mean, as much as all of tempo was under 1.0, like you just have to look at their cost. No one was above a point five six. It's just like the entire team got shut down, like before they could do anything, before yeah. anyone could provide value in a round, or they were only able to provide minimal. Amounts of value per round. And if you can't get an initial spark going, this game is just going to collapse all around you. And they didn't even get a break when they, at the half when they swapped sides. Like, if defense was supposed to be where they shone, they only got two rounds. Mm-hmm. And then when they swapped to attack, they just got decimated. Like, it's, when you see 7-2, it just feels like the other team... Outgunned you, outstrategized you, and just ran circles around you.
2: Yeah. And if you look, literally every single round was won by elimination. Yeah. That entire match, the entire match, there was only one plant,
0: one objective play. Yeah. And one. Yeah. No one. one vxs, not a single one. So it's. Station going in and swarming, and any of the rounds that Tempo Storm won was just someone. They were never at a, a disadvantage or an extreme disadvantage, like two v three, and then they somehow pulled it off, or whatever, whatever the case was. Like no one popped off, no one became a spark, a, a reason to say, "Hey, we can actually do this." They were just playing their game, and I'm really curious. Like I. I don't remember the last time I saw a dokebi band.
2: Yeah, that is um actually insanely interesting especially on coastline. Um I don't think that anyone on space station actively plays dokebi. I don't remember the last time I saw anyone on space station play dokebi. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't I don't know what their plan was with that. So um I can't I just, even
0: think of anything off the top of my head about about coastline that would say Dokabi is a problem.
2: Yeah, I I can't think of anything either. So I would really I would actually have to go go back and break it down to figure out why exactly they they banned Dokabi or maybe it was just a on-the-spot ban. Maybe they just don't like to deal with the phone calls on defense. Maybe that's just a... Maybe that's just it, but... um, You know, Space Station had both um, reasonable bans, Jackal and Valk. Um, I'm actually... Okay. I'm actually surprised Space Station banned Jackal since Bosco is uh, a monster on Jackal. Yeah. yeah. Um, At the same time, With jackal being on the board on coastline, your life can get really difficult really fast because of how small the map is. There's no escape. There's no real escape routes because, um, since coastline's very small, say like you know a jackal tracks you and you're in security. Well, say there's someone in main lobby and there's someone in in, uh in blue bar. Both your routes are cut off. Like you are dead, there's no escaping that there's no third there's no second exit out of that, you know um and that and that's literally the entire map. you know there's only two ways to get up of anything and if if both of those routes are cut off, you know you're screwed um, even from below, because of how small the map is, pretty much every single all pretty much all the floors are destructible, so you can get shot from any which
0: way. It's also interesting that station chooses to go jackal and valkyrie after dokubi because dokubi another intel gatherer with her gadget so between being able to track where everyone's at or give you some insight on positioning they just three intel gathering operators were taken off the board and so mm-hmm. were the, maybe this was space station's power play just to be like okay you don't want intel we'll give you no intel and they just took everything off the board. And if I saw that um, butter, or no,
2: that's butters. Um, there was a lot of mute well, the, play. Thing is, so the thing if, is the thing is if about these bans is-, is they go into these they go into these matches knowing who they're banning before the match begins. So like, um, if you know, it doesn't really matter who like they ban, um like as it's happening they still have their dedicated like there's they went into the match saying okay this is who we're banning there's there's really no deviating from
0: that. even like a, a weird ban like tokobi wouldn't get ssg to be like we'll try something different or you think that they were just like i no, mean we're sticking to that it's plan. a possibility I makes mean,
2: would make sense h- too it's a possibility but it's highly unlikely um, I think it made Space Station kind of tilt their heads and like, okay, that's weird. But I don't think it, I don't think it threw them off. I, I think they, you know, they banned the people who they were going to ban. Um, I mean, they, they have secondary bans just in case like the team bans their operator before them. Um, and so they, they have a secondary pick. Maybe, maybe the could be caused them to use their secondary bans. Who knows? um you know we'll never know that because you know that's that's insider information but
0: one thing i I was thinking about this and seeing that mute was played a lot i I would need i would go back to the vod and see if space station played any mozzie and because then you have no doke you have no jackal you have no valk and then you take away any ability to drone with the mozzie mute combo and that's like a huge deprivation of information and seeing that SSG really came alive with five rounds in a row, three of them being on de- the final three being on defense. Like mm-hmm. it seems like that really set them up for potentially doing the Intel starving, just making them waste time. And with Bosco and um, Canadian playing as they do, like you could see them roaming and causing a lot of problems with that lack of Intel going on, and especially against the Tempo Storm team who hasn't performed as well as you as, as well as anyone would want, right?
2: Yeah, and I mean, if from, from what it looks like, um, it looks like Butters played, um, played Mozzie, but it looks like he's the only one who played Mozzie, um, or that was his favorite, the one that he played most yeah yeah um i know ssg likes to play mute mute is insanely strong on this map um because he denies that in- that attacker um intel um because of how small the map is once again you know um there's not many places for a drone to go and when you cut off all those routes with the- with a the mute jammer they're not going to be able to drone anything that's why mute is insanely powerful in this map Yeah, that's
0: an interesting game. Like As much as it was a blowout, that, that Doka B ban makes me want to dive into a little bit more and see what Tempo Storm's strategy actually was.
2: Yes. Um, next game. Reciprocity versus EG. Now, Reciprocity took this match 7-2. to um, This match was crazy. I don't know if you watched any of this. No, I didn't get to this one crazy. Um, You know, every now and then, Laxing, Hulk smashes the other team and this is one of those (laughs) matches. You need to go back and and watch some of the clips from this match because Laxing um, asserted his dominance pretty (laughs) much every single round. Um, And it was just insane to watch. It was a really good match. Um there was a match where it was post plant it was was it was a a a, a 2v5 post plant with Laxing and uh Retro I think on defense As soon as post plant goes down Laxing goes out and just wipes the floor with four of them Um like 4ks them like it wasn't even like, like, like round 1 it, it wasn't even, um, it wasn't even like they were all in one area, and he he mowed them all down. It was like he hunted them down on the map. It was cr- it was crazy to watch because it was like he knew exactly where everyone was. Like it was funny watching the esa caster or the the spectator because he switched to one person and all of a sudden you see laxing come around the corner and just smack him in the face and then he switched to the next character laxing come around the corner and kill that guy and he switched to the next person laxing comes out the front door and swings and kills that person i was like oh my gosh that's fantastic <laughs> it was it was crazy it was funny to watch it was also crazy um,
0: i want the clip with comms from reciprocity when he does that i just want to hear what that what happened on comms there
2: yeah me too i it, i he was playing Moz and i think he had his drones in all the right places any any drones he might have captured in all of the right places because literally as soon as postplant went down he went exactly to where everyone was and he and he picked them off one by one but yeah, that was that and, match. It was pretty much laxing versus the other team. Yeah, I
0: mean, when you look at the round-by-round, round, Reciprocity going six rounds in a row, and then EG has a couple defensive rounds, but then Reciprocity closes it out with one round on Like, to clear an entire half by round timer, by site retake, and diffuser disable, and then elimination the rest of the time. Like, EG had a plan, they came in, and Reciprocity just took over. Like, EG didn't have a retake, or it didn't have a a hold uh, when they were defending the Diffuser. They took too long to get anything going. Reciprocity just, it looks like they actually just hunted them down. Like, it looks like there was nothing EG could do. Yeah, pretty much. Yikes. But then again, I felt that way about the uh, Luminosity EZ game. I'm just like. Or, no, sorry, Luminosity TSM game. Like, I, I was, okay, Luminosity here, it's was it five rounds to one or something like that? I'm like, okay, this one's over, and then they switch sides, and ESM just runs it back the other way, like, okay, well, I guess it's not really over until it's over, but in this case, Reciprocity slammed the door shut. Yeah. Who do we have playing
2: next week? Next week, let's look at upcoming. We got Space Station versus EU. Um, We got Dark Zero versus EG. We have LG versus Reciprocity. We have TSM versus Tempo. Now, here are my predictions for next week. Space Station, DZ... Reciprocity and TSM. Those are my those are my predictions.
0: I can't argue with you. I I can't argue with that. But I hope EU United shows up like they did this week and gives us a seven five. Like if they can if they can stand up to SSG, I would feel a whole lot more comfortable with where NA is as a whole. That way, it's not EU United just. Got lucky against Tz and it was just a flavor mismatch that made it so close. But if they can stand up to SSG, then that's really proving where they're at. And they're, I think they're sixth overall in the uh, placements right now. But like, yeah, EG and Tempo, they need to figure something out. Um, I feel pretty good about TSM. Luminosity, I'm going to cheer for Luminosity, but I also feel like Reciprocity is going to. Out on top with that one,
2: I think so too. Now, I say that Space Station is gonna win versus EU because I think a big reason that eu was able to go 7 5 against DZ was because, was, was for the fact that remember a while ago, I was talking to you about how LG came in and stopped Pro League, but then they stopped winning because people started figuring out how they played. Right. I think that was the case with EU. Um, you know, DC didn't have any any sort of intel on EU, other than the fact uh, when they played as Two-Face, or Obey, I'm sorry. When they were a whole team as Obey. And that was it, you know? And now they have two players, so it, now their whole play style could be changed up. So it was kind of a shot in the dark of, of how they were going to play against EU. But now that they have an idea, I guarantee you, and I know for a fact that a lot of DC players are good good friends with the people on Space Station, um, because they play ranked together all the time. Right. I guarantee you, they're going to pass that information on to Space Station. I guarantee it. So I I, ex- I fully expect Space Station to take advantage of either the information that they m- might get from DC or the that match that that, that just happened. Um, and I think Space Station is going to come in swinging hard
0: maybe this is just me and this is the level of competition that I'm taking it to if I was DZ, and yes I'm friends with people on SSG and all that and I was like oh well United came in and they were kind of a dark horse against Dark Zero I like the the dark horse analogy Um, but if they came in and gave us a hard time I almost want to make my buddies go through a hard time too. And maybe not give United information on SSG, but but not give anything to SSG either. Because right now, Space Station is one point behind DZ. And any advantage you can have over your opponents is best held on to. SSG, they've looked really good since December since the start of December whatever adjustments they've made whatever uh, play adjustments they've done they've looked really good and DZ not looking as dominant as they were before the break there's, there's got to be some contention there I, I, I kind of hope DZ just withholds everything they go radio silent until this match is over just that way, if EU United wins or even pulls off a draw, that's another. An, uh, it's at least an opportunity for DZ to win barely, tie, and keep ahead of Space Station Gaming. But if they lose and they get nothing and Space Station wins, that means Space Station overcomes them in the standings. And I don't think that DZ is willing to give up that second place spot.
2: Yeah, I can I can agree with that um, at the same time I can see um, I can see be you know, with DZ and SSG them playing ranked and being buddies and all I can see some of the guys on space station kind of smooth talking the conversation <laughs> to get them to open up about the match guarantee you because that's what I would do, you know, sure. as friends, you know. Um, I I know that they may not want to say anything to me to not help me out, but I'm going to try and direct the conversation to get them to start talking about the match (laughs) and get that information out of them. I can see that happening as well. But ideally, the ideal situation would be for DZ to just zip their lips and let Space Station play them on their own. At the same time, I mean, I don't think there's really much that DZ can say that Space Station didn't see in the VOD. That's so, fair. you know, that's, that's about all the intel that anyone has on so far. So.
0: so do you think if you're Space Station, do you try and take them back to the same map, or do you try and get them on a different map so you have more information on them later down this season, or do you try and confine them to one
2: so that you can get the points? Um, there's a couple different things that can happen. I think EU is going to ban the map they just played because I think they might have the same mentality as you that the, the team might take me to that same map, so I don't want to play that map again, right? since I just played it last week and now everyone knows our you know some of our strats for that map. so I'm going to ban that map because I don't want to play it again. If they're, if they're smart. But at the same time, I don't think Space Station would take them to that same map. I think they want to bring them to their turf. Space Station is going to bring them to their turf so they, can, so they can smack on them on their own turf. Um, I think that's the ideal situation for any team. They want to bring them to their, to their best map so they can smack on them. So I don't, I don't think Space Station is going to take them to that same map if it's left open.
0: I can get behind it either way. Like it, It's going to be a good match either way, and I, I look forward to seeing how, how well NA can prove as a whole region where they're at. I think this is going to be the map or the, the match that kind of defines this season for NA. It's either going to be NA is stacked with powerhouses with six of the eight teams being really good, or it's going to be—it's anyone's guess—and then we're not going to represent well internationally. Yeah. Though so, I mean, SSG—I'm I'm going to keep going back to them and DZ. They both did really well in December. DZ's got some stuff to figure out. They're figuring it out. They—they keep pulling out the Ws, so something's working. So they can't—they don't have to change everything, obviously. But. SSG, DZ, they give me hope. And I mean, reciprocity, too. I, I can't forget them. They were the runners up, and they, they also went to Japan. They, they knew what they were doing. Um, I just hope that all three of those teams can hold on to where they were and really set this season to improve. Because, damn it, I want to see some NA move farther and take one of those tournaments, damn it.
2: I do too. I, I really want um n a to make a bigger name for themselves rather than uh people spamming in twitch chat the uh, the old n a copy pasta right <laughs> do you know what that one is
0: unfortunately i do i'm <laughs> okay. I'm okay not not seeing it not saying it ever again <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that rounds us out for the week. We've got good matches coming up next week. Uh, We've got plenty of Collegiate coverage coming up, talking about more leagues, and those will be starting off sooner than later, so we might be focusing more on Pro League and maybe even outside of NA next week as we have little to nothing to say about Collegiate, but it's coming. I hope everyone's enjoying it, and at the very least, I hope to have another Collegiate guest on over the next several weeks until we're back into matches, and look forward to getting to know some more of the players. You got anything else for the night?
2: Um, I don't think so. I was just thinking about that. I don't think I have anything. So.
0: Yeah, I, I'm good here. I'm excited to see more of the patch patch notes and play some more of the road to SI. So, if you're loving the coverage for NA Pro League, by all means, please contribute to the battle pass that's going on. Make sure that these teams are fed. Make sure that everyone knows that you want Pro League to continue. I shouldn't have to tell you my sad story of helping to cover the competitive scene of Heroes of the Storm and what (laughs) kind of a devastation and black hole that left in my heart after that game imploded. You don't want that to happen to your game. Please buy the Battle Pass and support these teams. They're doing it because they love the game, they love competing, and... We should do everything to preserve this because we all like that so please go out and support it with that bid everyone adieu and good night we will see you all next week and hopefully have some more good coverage and good r6 to talk about with that later Uh, everyone
2: see you guys next week